Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I am feeling so grateful at the moment for a myriad of different reasons, but one of them being that I shared on social media about imposter syndrome and how I'm struggling with that at the moment, and also my resistance towards plugging the podcast because it feels quite self-indulgent, even though I would like it to get bigger, you know, um, gain a bit more traction and have a bigger audience. Anyway, I was reminded that you guys listening you guys are my people, especially those of you who listen every week. And from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you and say how grateful I am for you. I know some of you that listen and to have friends and family listening is so, so special. One, because I think there's also a little bit of expectation from both parties, right? You know, in my head thinking my friends will listen and support me. And from your point of view, maybe a little bit of expectation in terms of pressure, feeling like you should be listening because it's my podcast and you know me and you want to support me. Firstly, if you don't listen, well, (laughs) if you don't listen, you won't hear this, so it doesn't matter. But maybe you listen every now and again and maybe you happen to be listening right now. So let me tell you that it is okay if you don't sit there every Monday evening excited that my episode is coming out in the morning, on Tuesday morning, because that's when it comes out and that's when you should listen. (laughs) But if you do, honestly, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. And some of you that listen, maybe I've never actually met, we don't know each other, and yet here you are. Honestly, thank you. It's just, it's little old me. I'm in my bedroom at the moment. It's just me and my phone. There's no high tech. And to know that you are here with me, we are together, it genuinely fills my heart, makes me feel so much less alone in this big, bad world. And I can only hope that it does a little bit of the same for you, whether you're cleaning as you listen, maybe you're in the car driving or desperately trying to tune out crying and screaming <laughs> from toddlers, to know that we are all somehow, you know, united in navigating this bullshit life sometimes, let's face it, it genuinely, it lights me up. And yeah, I just, I can't put into words. It absolutely means everything. Um, So thank you. And <laughs> If you did want to shout about the podcast, that would also be cool. (laughs) Right, now that we've got all that cringe (laughs) and bomb out of the way. (laughs) Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? I wish that there was like a little reply button that you could all just send me little messages and like reply, you know, on the podcast. And you can tell me your weekly woes or whatever. Actually, now that I think about it on Spotify, I think they do like a little Q&A thing. Am I mistaken? I think I saw it when I was listening to another pod. So maybe 
I will try and ask there and we can connect. Oh, obviously Instagram's great, but it's not the same. Because um, it does feel weird sometimes that it's just me like talking at you. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyway, if you listen on Spotify and there is a Q&A thing, like a little question and well, you know, it's worked, please respond so I can see if it actually works. And if you don't see anything, then well, I haven't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> or to be fair, I've probably just forgotten, which is probably more likely. Oh, so just me today, in case that wasn't obvious. How good was last week's episode with Shana? Oh my goodness. Honestly, when we recorded, I was so buzzed to release it. If you haven't listened, may I be so bold as to say that you should go right now? Well, finish this one. <laughs> this one's going to be a good one too. <laughs> but do go listen to that episode. We touched on so much identity crisis, well-being, labels, motherhood labels, societal pressures, etc. It was just so full of oh, interesting. It was just like juicy. You know what I mean? But something that I did want to delve a little bit deeper into is this pressure that we all feel. And Okay, I say all of us because I'm sure that I'm not alone in feeling pressure, but I am going to speak just for myself. My goodness, the pressure I feel is all-consuming all of the time. I should be doing this, I should be doing that, making more money because times are hard, but I should also be at home with my little one, I should be working more, I should be doing laundry because I am home more than George, I should go out, I should, whatever it may be, just never feeling like I'm doing enough. And I do think social media does play a big part in this as well because we're forever bombarded with all of the amazing things that people are doing and achieving and no one's ever showing you what they're not doing, right? <laughs> because let's face it, they're, they're not doing it, so they can't show you. But anyway, it's something that I've always struggled with in my life. I'm very, very hard on myself and I know that I am, but I don't actually know how to not be, if that makes sense. And it's so taxing mentally to feel like no matter what I do, I could have and should have done more or better. It can be really debilitating and stop me from doing things and pursuing things because I never feel like it'll be good enough, you know? I'm trying to be better though and remember that I am enough and I do have value, etc. And as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I think um, I'm hoping to one day have my own online yoga platform, which would be amazing. I get like <laughs> a bit shy and giddy just saying it out loud. It's really strange. But um, oh yeah, that is an absolute dream of mine. And actually recently I've been feeling really inspired, tapping into my yogi identity, another amazing thing that I took from last week's episode, you know, this concept of the fact that all of our identities are a positive attribute. And if we're able to hone in on them separately at the right time, rather than feeling overwhelmed that we want to be all of these things and do everything at once, if that makes sense. Anyway, things in terms of yoga, I'm getting like shy again. <laughs> um, slowly, things are coming to fruition. But I do need to overcome that hurdle of actually putting stuff out there into the world when it's ready, obviously, you know, and not wanting to fix every little tiny thing that I can feel could be better. Just trust that it's good enough, right? And I feel like this, you know, phrase, good enough, I feel like it has such a negative connotation to it. We always want things to be better than good enough, don't we? But actually, isn't good and enough? Isn't that exactly what we want? Um, anyway, that just, <laughs> that just came to me. 
<laughs> so full of wisdom. <laughs> um, a friend of mine also reminded me recently that um, it takes time for things to manifest, right? And I think because life is so fast paced, we just assume that things just happen in the blink of an eye, but they don't. And that's okay. And I'm having to just take time and trust um, the timing of the universe for a bit more cringe. <laughs> I don't know why I feel cringe when I say things like that. I just feel really wanky. But the thing is, the truth of the matter is, I genuinely believe in that. But there's a sort of resistance towards admitting actually quite how cringe and wanky I am as a person. I really do believe in the timing of the universe and just trusting. And I think if we can kind of stop our mind and our thoughts, and which is why I'm so passionate about, you know, my work as a yoga teacher and as a meditation practitioner, if we can kind of detach ourselves from the chaos of the inner thoughts, we can realize that actually we have so much, we have everything we need inside of us. And yeah, anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I am actually a really like spiritual and for lack of a better word, really cringe person. I just think it's so, so powerful to connect to our truth and connect to ourselves and connect to our body and our breath and our instinct. And anyway, I've gone off on a tangent again. What was I saying? Trusting the matter of life or the timing of life is what I was saying. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to not feeling good enough. Um, Isla, oh, in terms of Isla, this is something that I am just so adamant. I, I just want her to feel good enough. I never want Isla to feel like she's not good enough. I don't want her going through life feeling like she needs to be anything more than who she is. Just who she is, is perfect. And I've been talking about this in therapy a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it really interesting, actually, to understand that this idea of always wanting to achieve more is connected to our sense of safety when we were young. And it's made me realize that actually, I don't think I felt safe as a kid. And I don't want to paint my parents in a bad light or anything. You know, they were great. They are great. They have their flaws, obviously, and they've made their mistakes, obviously, just like we all do, just like we all have. But I never wanted for anything as a kid. Until recently, I realized that actually, I think I did. Yes, I had a nice house and food on my plate and warmth and shelter and opportunities that some people could only have ever dreamed of. But actually, and I don't know why I feel guilty admitting this, and I think a little bit of shame, I don't think that I did feel safe emotionally as a child. I don't think I had this sense of a healthy like emotional container where I could express myself freely without judgment, without condition. I remember as a kid, I was quite feisty. And it's funny because I would express myself, but I always, I think I was reprimanded for it. Um, I was loud. I was expressive. I'm an emotional being, <laughs> as maybe you've gathered. Um, but I think often I felt reprimanded for it. Not necessarily reprimanded. I think it, I felt like I was a bit too much, like it was too much and I should quieten down. And I also remember when I went to bed, I wouldn't fall asleep at night until my parents told me, see you in the morning. I needed them to say those words to me. And although I want to say I'm not sure why, talking about it in therapy, I've realized that obviously it had to do with this idea of not feeling safe. And I'm trying to give myself a little bit of slack um, in terms of Isla, for example, you know, watching too much TV, has she had her vegetables, etc. Because really, 
All I want for her is to feel safe, is to feel like she can come to me with any problem. And even if I don't agree, it's a safe space for her. She can tell me and I won't judge. I never, I never felt that as a kid. And it baffles me that often as parents, we're worried, we're more worried or at least it feels like we're more worried as a general population. There's more worry, let's say, around screen time and school grades rather than the emotional safety and mental well-being of our children. Do you know what I mean? Like, do we ever ask ourselves the question, does my child feel safe? We're so bogged down on the minutiae of, you know, oh, have they gone to bed on time, you know, trying to rush them. Do they feel safe? Like, you know, I think to myself, I like crying in the night. Now I've become more and more lenient in terms of um, falling asleep with her in bed or not me falling asleep, but her falling asleep with me because I'm sorry, I'm not letting her cry it out. I know that I was left to cry it out as a kid. I was left to cry in my crib until I fell asleep. And no, when you think about it, of course that didn't make me feel safe. Of course I felt like I, I should just give up and not cry, give up, you know, and when you're a kid, this crying is, you know, is you want attention, you want love, you need that sort of support, that your safety net, your parents, that's all you know. And it's so interesting to think actually, and I don't want that for Isla, which is why my head, again, is difficult because obviously I realize that I'm saying I don't agree with the crying it out method. I do think, you know, whatever works for you, whatever you believe in is exactly what you should be doing. I hope that, you know, I'm not coming across judgmental if you are listening and you are someone that, you know, believes in the crying it out method. That's absolutely fine. For me, and you know, through the research and the conversations that I've had and the work that I'm doing, for me, there's a direct correlation towards feeling safe. Um, and you know, the sort of letting a baby cry. Do you know what I mean? So it's not for me. And yeah, I've become really lenient now. Admittedly, sometimes I feel a bit guilty. I feel like people are judging me as if I'm, you know, clobbering Isla. Um, I just, <laughs> I just want her to feel loved. I want her to feel safe and know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to ask for att attention. It's okay to want and need attention, right? Don't we, like, I feel like sometimes we're like, oh, sorry, I feel like I'm being a little bit needy. And why is that a bad thing? Well, I think we all want to be needed. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll be the first to admit <laughs> I need to be needed. Yeah. And I think I've grown up feeling, wow, I'm, I'm sort of also unpacking. And now that I'm realizing, I think I've grown up feeling like I didn't have value because I wasn't needed. I didn't feel needed. Interesting. I'm going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to talk to my therapist about this next week. <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> anyway, it's just, I'm really grateful to be learning this and to be exploring because this sort of topic, it's so interesting. And it's crazy to notice the unpacking that I'm having to do around my own childhood. And I don't want to say trauma, but I guess for lack of a better word, maybe small childhood traumas. And now that I have Isla, I mean, let's face it, <laughs> I'll now be so focused on creating this sort of safe container for her that I'll probably overcompensate and completely smother her and then she'll end up in therapy for that. But <laughs> hey-ho, maybe we should all just accept that we're destined to be fucked up somehow. <laughs> that is my daily joy for you. You are welcome. You know, you can always trust me <laughs> to provide you with some daily joy. <laughs> Oh my god, that is so fucking depressing. Um, but sometimes I do ask myself, like, are we just 
I don't want this to come across really doing gloom, but can we ever get it 100% right? I don't know that we can. And actually, maybe in terms of, um, you know, feeling doom and gloom, maybe we can just surrender to that and maybe stop trying so hard. And what's meant to be will be. And obviously, like, you need to work hard at, you know, things that you want to achieve or things that you want, you know, to make happen for yourself, whether it's, you know, career, work, you know, emotional well-being, whatever it may be, family life, etc. But yeah, maybe maybe I don't know what I'm trying to say maybe we'll see (laughs) oh my gosh come back to me in 10 years (laughs) when I'm in a mental institution and so is Isla (laughs) anyway what else has been going on guys oh I really wish that you could just chat to me but instead I'll tell you what's been going on with me because it's all about me. Oh my gosh, it does feel really self-indulgent sometimes the podcast, but I I do know <laughs> that I have some listeners and I'm so so grateful for you guys. So thank you honestly if you're here. <laughs> if you're still here. Oh, I cannot tell you. I'm yeah, it, I could cry with gratitude. I'm thank you. Anyway, <laughs> back to me. <laughs> oh Christ almighty. So, we are oh we are reaching the terrible twos. And actually, I made a little note in my phone um, the other day because I make notes every now and again on things that I want to talk about or things that I want to remember to mention, little anecdotes, etc. And I made a little note and I looked at my notes before <laughs> coming on to record. And the note was <laughs> that I wasn't hating the terrible twos, like the sort of run up to terrible twos. I think I was like between 19 to 20, I was going to say weeks, between 19 to 20 months. Um, and my head I was like, what the fuck are these people talking about? Like, it's fine. If anything, you know, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's lovely being with her and witnessing her character develop. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, I have witnessed it. I've seen it. It's developing and I'm over it. <laughs> what the actual fuck? George made her breakfast the other day, eggy bread, delicious, right? Put it in front of her and she looked at him, flicked the plate up in the air and literally laughed in his face. Um, <laughs> sorry, what? And it's so hard because obviously, not gonna lie, in my head, I'm like, you fucking little shitbag. <laughs> what are you doing? But then I meant to discipline calmly, right? Because obviously, want her to feel safe, like I said. But again, not gonna lie, in the moment, I'm like, fuck your emotional safety, you little shit. The fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> And it's such a difficult balance to like find, you know, because I'm like, shh, calm, Magli, you know, you want her to feel safe. She's just expressing herself. She's just expressing, you know, her boundaries or testing her boundaries. And then I'm like, fuck your boundaries. <laughs> fuck your emotional well-being. <laughs> just do as I fucking tell you. Eat your breakfast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank God for my meditation practice. Honestly, I feel like recently all I'm doing I said to George the other day, we were having dinner in front of the TV and Isla was there. Okay, I feel like I shouldn't promote that, but whatever, tell me. <laughs> if you have kids, tell me you've never done that. I'm, I don't know why. I feel like this guilt towards admitting that sometimes you just watch TV whilst we, you know, dinner together. Um, feel like it's not seen as the like uh, good parenting, you know, dinner routine, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> she felt safe. That's going to be my excuse for everything. <laughs> Isla felt safe eating her dinner in front of the TV and therefore it's good. <laughs> anyway, we were having dinner in front of the TV. Can't remember what we were watching. Anyway, I will say Isla has complete control over the TV. That is something that we have completely surrendered to. Oh my goodness. Because if we put anything but Dougie on, she just has a fit. And so 
we were probably having dinner with Dougie. Um, what was I saying? Oh, and she's climbing all over me and it's just chaos. And George is like, and I'm starting to get really wound up. And George is like trying to, you know, help me, but he's not helpful. I'm starting to get aggy at him, you know, snapping, etc. And then he goes, oh, Magli, like, just tell me what you want me to do to help. And I literally, I just turned to him and I was like, just be quiet. Just give me a moment. I need to breathe. Honestly, I think sometimes people assume that because I do yoga, I must be calm by nature. Let me tell you now, no. <laughs> I fucking need that shit. <laughs> Your girl be flying off the handle if it wasn't for her yoga practice. Oh, honestly, just sometimes in those moments, all I can do is close my eyes and just breathe and gather myself and then come back to it. And I feel a little bit calmer um, and safer. And that's all we want. We all just want safety. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, she's obsessed with taking her pram everywhere at the moment. But my word, I can confirm that within a minute, I'm carrying the fucking fucker everywhere. And she's throwing herself on the floor for no reason. I mean, obviously, there must be a reason. But to me, it feels like no reason at all. <laughs> but again, I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm fucking dead at myself now thinking about it. Because I'm literally gonna become such a doormat as a parent just being like, it's okay, express yourself. Yes, scream at me. <laughs> it's a safe space. <laughs> it's such a difficult balance isn't it kind of finding that um that line and that barrier between obviously encouraging them to let their emotions out but also like shut the fuck up you know <laughs> don't throw yourself on the tarmac on the floor like are you kidding me we're in the middle of the road and I actually scraped <laughs> woe is me I scraped my knuckle <laughs> I'm trying to pick her up and I was oh so frustrating anyway um night feeds is another thing that I want to bring up that we are sort of tackling at the moment so to confirm she obviously doesn't feed throughout the night anymore at all and it's actually very very rare that she does you know um I was gonna say cry for long enough to want to feed or for me to realize that the thing is it's realize that she wants a bottle I don't know it's difficult sometimes I'm like so she cries in the night and then like I said I will very quickly bring her up to our bed and she'll fall as she'll fall back asleep really quickly with us and that's absolutely fine I mean it's not fine it's fucking uncomfortable <laughs> but you know she feels safe so give shit how I feel right <laughs> gosh honestly oh my gosh I kill myself <laughs> oh what is what is this oh what is parenting um what was I gonna say yeah so I bring her up to bed but sometimes so the other night basically there's an actual situation she wasn't falling back asleep I'm getting agitated George is getting agitated because obviously he's woken up in the process and she's aggy she's moving around she can't settle and then she starts to genuinely like cry and whine and oh I've just had enough we've done an hour of this by the way so we haven't just you know it's not just been five minutes but it's felt a long time it's been a long long time in the end I said to George right because no one was getting any sleep it was the middle of the night and I said to George fuck this <laughs> I'm going downstairs not fuck this the situation well fuck this situation as well but I said okay I'll take her downstairs to the day bed because there's a day bed in her room but oh, more often than not I can't be arse laying in the day bed because it's not as comfortable as my own bed <laughs> so I just take her up to our bed um, but obviously he was waking George up he was going to work therefore he must have the good sleep fuck my sleep right because I'm at home so it's okay <laughs> hashtag not bitter in the slightest um so took her downstairs and then as I'm walking down the stairs George said shall I make a bottle and I said no but he obviously misheard absolutely fine 
<laughs> Absolutely fine, she says. <laughs> Not bitter. <laughs> anyway, so he went downstairs to make a bottle and then brought it up to Isla. And I was like, no, because, okay, it's really difficult. How, I was going to ask you the question, but I, does anyone know? If you do have the answer, please do let me know. But this is more of a rhetorical question. I'm asking myself, how do I know if she genuinely needs feeding or if, I don't know, if it's something else. Because sometimes I do worry that I'm giving her a bottle because I know that it's gonna calm her and soothe her rather than she actually needs the food. And also there's the thing that like, she's almost 20 months. It's just, it's, I know every baby is different. Well, she's not a baby, she's a toddler now. So I know every toddler is different, but should she be having bottles? Like, is it okay for her to have bottles? And I know that there's no right or wrong answer, but I'm just sort of in the gray area because she is, eating food she has a bottle before bed but like she shouldn't need another bottle at night but then you know sometimes we shouldn't need the toilet in the night and sometimes we get up to go to the toilet or sometimes we shouldn't do you know what I mean it's really difficult I'm not really sure I have I know where I'm going with this but just wanted to <laughs> offload on you <laughs> So yeah, I'm not sure what to do with that. And I'm, it's not that I'm less keen than George to go for the bottle. It's just, she should be getting her nutrients through food. And I worry maybe she's not eating enough in the day, which is why she's needing the bottle at night. Or is it just an emotional, um, you know, comfort blanket? In which case I feel like I should give her, cause like I was saying, <laughs> safety is key. <laughs> <laughs> emotional safety um but then also there's this thing am I building that sort of uh, brain development of like neural pathway that whenever she cries I'm giving in and that's something else that I'm battling with and I guess that's the you know other side of the coin in terms of me talking about you know more for emotional safety yes blah blah and you know me admitting that probably I'm going to become a doormat as a parent but firstly I don't think you can love your child enough but can they I don't know at what age is is there a statistic on this at what age do they start to like I feel bad I feel like I'm you know targeting kids as if they you know turn into like manipulative creatures but we do learn that you know if we do something we get something back like we do learn that you know if I'm good I will get a treat you know if I behave well I might get a sticker or I might be allowed an ice cream or do you know what I mean this sort of um action and reward and I just don't want to reward the action of waking up in the night. Not that she's doing it purposefully, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, those, that sort of limbo and those questions are in my mind. Um, so I thought I would share. What else was I going to say? Oh, last thing on Isla. Oh my gosh. So, you know, how I was talking about terrible twos and the fact that you know, at first I thought they weren't that terrible and fuck me, are we reaching the terrible? Because we went to a roast last Sunday and we went to see some friends. It was absolutely lovely from like that point of view. What wasn't lovely, we could not get a handle on Isla. And I mean that in the nicest way possible towards her, but she was just, oh my gosh, I just, I don't know. It's so funny because sometimes like we go to the pub quite often, Um, you know, she'll sit there, she'll play with some toys, she'll have a drink, maybe have a couple crisps and like obviously we'll play with her chat with her like interact with her I mean we also I will say spend a lot of time walking around the pub like we'll take it in turns you know George will go around with her or I'll go around with her etc etc but oh my goodness we tried to take her outside she's having none of it George and I are sort of like tag teaming and I will say 
at the risk of sounding really weird, although I feel like I've said this before, we were with some friends and their little one was also not having the best time, bless his heart, and he smacked his head, um, his forehead on the table, big booze came, and it was just, from a child point of view, it, is, it was absolute chaos. Honestly, the people that were there without kids, they must have thought, absolutely never am I doing this. <laughs> if there was an advert for why you should use a condom, I think that situation was it. But um, there was a moment, bless his heart, Leo, he hadn't bumped his head yet, so I feel okay saying this. <laughs> he was having an absolute fucking time, and Isla was quiet, and I was so smug. I'm so sorry, Jess, if you're listening. <laughs> but the thing is, I spoke to you about it on the day. It's so funny, because you're so smug, because your child is, like, quiet for once in their life, and then... <laughs> very quickly that is gone the smugness is just smacked off your face as your child starts to act up oh my gosh it's so funny I had another really smug moment it was last night actually although when you listen to this it'll be like a week ago now but um George was having a late one at work and when that happens obviously it's just you know me with Isla and Magnus and I will often put Isla in the pram walk Magnus and she'll fall asleep in the pram great and um oh my gosh within 10 minutes of leaving the house Magnus was so well behaved sometimes he can be a bit pulley he's a big dog he's a a mastiff cross if um any of you know even what that is sometimes I ask people they're like oh I've got a dog and I'm like what dog do you have and they say the breed and I literally I'm like I don't even know what that looks like I don't even know why I asked um anyway but that's what he is he's a big boy um and he was so well behaved and I just felt so like smug um smug feels really like of myself grateful <laughs> that's a much kinder way to put it isn't it I felt so grateful I just feel like I have so much to be grateful for at the moment um apart from the terrible twos but I think you know what <laughs> I think I will just have to breathe through it um yeah that's it um right really randomly there is something oh actually you know what I also want to share a little bit of gratitude towards Magnus I know that I did just then but I want to reiterate that and for those of you that don't know Magnus is a rescue dog and we rescued him when he was about nine years old and he's now 13 ish we're not exactly sure on his age um anyway and I feel like rescue dogs they have, there's such a like stigma with them and I feel like they get such a bad reputation and I'm not saying that in some cases that's not justified, not at all, but I just personally, if you're listening and you've purchased a dog, you know, that's okay. Personally, I'm not for the purchase of animals and I think sometimes, especially, you know, at our age, I'm 32, you know, around that sort of between, you know, 25 to 40, let's say, is when, you know, you're potentially thinking of having children, if that's something that you'd like to have in your life. And I think sometimes there's this sort of fear that, you know, rescue dogs are aggressive, and I know that some of them can be, but not all of them. And I think if, you know, we can do our research, Magnus is honestly, he's huge. <laughs> I cannot tell you how big he is, but he's so gentle and so docile and all they want is love. I think, again, like, oh, they're animals, we're animals, all we want is to feel safe, right? Going back to safety. <laughs> Gratitude and safety are the themes of this episode. Um, I can only hope, and well, I said I can only hope, I know that Magnus feels safe with us and feels loved because the love that he's shown back to us when, honestly, when we picked him up, he had scratches everywhere, scars, like he was bleeding, he was so thin, it was 
was so so awful and you would just think he used to be used as bait for dog fighting by the way which is just absolutely horrific and you would think that uh, you know an animal like that would be aggressive and really protective and actually he's not he loves people um he is a little bit we are a little bit cautious with other dogs I will say and other animals but he's so so good with Isla um I just wanted to say that I feel really grateful for him and just the love that he's shown us and the care that he's shown Isla and sometimes I do worry a little bit he's my he was my first baby I'd always wanted an animal growing up and we moved around a lot so I was you know we were never really in a position to give a safe home to a dog and my mom was a single mom like obviously as kids you're not going to be the ones to take care of it as much as you say like yeah I'll take him for walks or you know pick up his poo like you just don't it falls on the parents I totally get that but oh when we rescued him it was literally probably one of the best days of my life ever and he is so so precious and I feel a lot of guilt sometimes that he doesn't get as much love and attention as he used to obviously since we've had Isla because for better or for worse like we need to give you know more of our attention to her but oh guys he's so good I love him anyway little side note adopt they are so so precious they just want to be loved they just want a home I know that like sometimes they can get a bad reputation and I know that the process can be a little bit difficult and a little bit complicated but it is so so worth it because they are such special creatures and ah uh, I just feel really grateful to have given him a home anyway that was a really random and <laughs> deep dog tangent <laughs> I'd love to be able, if we, if we could trust for Magnus to be around other dogs, I would adopt another dog, like in the blink of an eye. I will say I am grateful that we got Magnus before we had Isla, because if we'd had Isla before, I wouldn't be in the market for a dog, if that makes sense, because it is, it is work. And in the nicest way possible, they are a burden. Sometimes I think a little bit more than children, because I just take Isla everywhere with me and we can't take Magnus everywhere with us. So yeah, anyway, love him. Um, okay, the last thing, which is so, so random that I want to touch on, I guess a little bit like this, you know, dog tangent that I just went on. I, it's if got, I don't know like where to start with this. Um, so I'm just going to go. The coronation. I'm not saying I'm against it, but I would like to say that I'm not for it. And the reason for that, and I'd, I just feel the need to say this because I feel frustrated. The fact that we are spending so much money on this coronation just blows my fucking mind. Millions, tens, if not hundreds of millions of pounds, taxpayer money, might I add, on this one event. And I know that it has a lot to do with like culture. And I know that it's going to bring a lot of tourism. And I know that it's going to be good for the economy in a way, you know, in terms of tourism, but also pubs and like establishments in, you know, the hospitality industry. Like, I think that's really good. But oh my God, how is the government justifying spending this much money on a coronation when, what, we haven't got enough money to give to charities in terms of helping with poverty we haven't got enough money to fund the NHS like are you fucking kidding me and I know that it's not quite so black and white but it's just it's mind-blowing and I was talking to a friend of mine Holly who she's a student midwife and she's actually gonna come on the podcast she's um coming over next week actually when you listen to this she will be over tomorrow if you listen to this on the Tuesday by the way <laughs> which you should 
<laughs> you should be waiting for me <laughs> from Monday evening. Um, anyway, she's going to come talk about like pregnancy and birth, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, exciting. Needless to say, she's a student midwife and she was researching the correlation between education and birth and, you know, pregnancy. And I think I have that right. Um, and she was comparing the difference between the UK, England, I'm not sure if it was the UK or just England anyway, but maybe she'll enlighten us next week, and Ghana. And she shared with me some of her findings that, oh my gosh, there's such a thing in Ghana that it's called sex for water, because obviously they don't have water like we have water. It doesn't just come out a half. It doesn't just come out a tap. You know, we just we don't even realize that the privilege that we have sometimes things that are literally at our disposal. And we don't even think about the fact that they're not so easy for other people in other cultures to come by. But so they walk, you know, sometimes six hours for water. And often it's girls and women that will walk for water. And I can't remember exactly why, but men well, I know why men do this, but I don't know why it's the men doing this, or I don't know if they have, like, control over the water supply or anything, but they will often, you know, often the queues are really, really long, and they will offer women and girls sex to jump the queue in order to get water quicker to their families, to themselves, to to drink, as if, to drink, to bathe in, to cook with, to wash with, and it is just, oh my god, it's just crazy. And so I just wanted to, it's frustrating, because I wish that I had more time to be politically active and sort of in the know in terms of things like this, topics like this, like such mammoth conversations. And um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Causes, huge, huge causes, you know, the magnitude of some of the situations in the world just is absolutely mind-blowing to me and I think I think it's also heartbreaking that it's mind-blowing because I then realize that I don't know enough about it and that for these people it's not even mind-blowing because it's literally how they live their lives and uh, I wish that I had it in me it's not that I don't have it in me um I guess to a certain extent mentally and emotionally yeah maybe I don't even have it in me to really delve deep into that and I feel bad admitting that but as as if, as if I'm too busy with my own fucking minutiae to think about, I'm just using this as, as an example, to think about the girls in Ghana. But the fact of the matter is, that's true. Because, you know, we I am in my life and I think about my life. But I just wanted to take a moment to, um, a moment of gratitude for everything that I have, everything that I'm able to do. And just my fucking privilege. The privilege that I don't even realize I have sometimes being born in a Western society and everything that comes with, you know, my race and just my culture and my financial privilege. You know, as if to say, I literally said at the beginning that life was hard financially and doing it wrong, it is for me because it's all relative, but I just, we don't even realize, ah. Uh, I don't even know what I, where I'm going with this. I feel a little bit um lost for words, if I'm honest. And I do feel bad that um I don't really have the time. I would love to be more active, I guess, in terms of being an advocate for women and our rights and whatever that may look like. Um, I'm not really sure whether it's for, you know, third world countries or whether it's for working rights or I don't know, but I'm a woman and that holds so much weight. I love being a woman 
And I think we have so much power and so much strength and courage. And I just, yeah, I guess maybe the podcast in a way is a little bit of a little bit of that. Yeah, fighting for for my voice as a woman in terms of motherhood. Obviously, that's my avenue. But I'm gonna use the wise words that my friend said to me recently. Um, that things take time to manifest, and it's okay that we can't do everything you know, imminently. But yeah, planting my seed that I would like to be a little bit more active in, I guess, charitable causes, because wow, it's we don't realize how lucky we are. Um, Right. <laughs> I feel like I, <laughs> I feel I don't have anything else to say. But I feel like I can't end it on such a negative note. And again, I feel bad that I'm like, can't end on such a negative note. Like that's people's lives, you know, and as if I feel the need to, I don't know, make some sort of joke at the end just to make sure that my podcast ends on a bit of positivity because we must always be positive right oh my fucking god oh crazy why do we always feel the need to be like positive and upbeat and fucking amazing and uh, <laughs> gross <laughs> fuck positivity <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, it's a fine line, isn't it, between being positive, but also I think that that can be a bit toxic, this sort of positive vibes only. Fuck off. It's not. It's not. It's just not. So, yes. <laughs> if you're not feeling positive, um, that's okay. And if you are, <laughs> that's also okay. And I'm so sorry for <laughs> raining on your parade. <laughs> fuck your positive thinking <laughs> no I'm kidding it's welcome it's all welcome here um I think that's what it is sometimes I feel like oh it's funny I want to bring more it's not that I want to bring more negativity but I want to bring more like honesty but unfortunately with that I feel like my honesty is negative or I, I it's seen in a negative light because all we see is positivity so I'm like I just want to show a bit of truth and raw rawness of life I should say but then that always feels negative and then I get self-conscious that I'm like oh no people people are gonna think that I'm just this like negative being anyway oh as if that's what I'm worried about just what other people think when people are worrying about water it's crazy hey but I also think I will say it doesn't make our worries and our fears and struggles and anxieties any less valid. And I do, I think it's important to acknowledge our privilege and acknowledge, you know, everything that we have. But I think it's also important to know that wherever we are, whatever we feel, there's a space for it. So yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I am sending you guys so, so much love. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'm so grateful to you for listening. Please consider rating the podcast. Please, please review the podcast. If you listen on Spotify, you can leave a little review and that would mean the absolute world to me. I can't tell you how much it helps. Support me, gives me a great ego boost. <laughs> But it really does help support the podcast as well. So yeah, uh, subscribe, rate, review, and that's it. Feel free to share with anyone that you think would enjoy. Lots of love. Happy, happy. I was going to say happy Tuesday because it comes out on a Tuesday, but happy whatever day and whatever time of day you are listening to this. Ciao.